Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. Uh, a lot to get into here on a Wednesday. Let's head out to the Circus Sports Gets Hotlining and Joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Brandon Deutsch, Grant, Mona, Jake Dicker, full crews in the house today. I want to start here because I was at the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. Um, listen, I was a little um, kind of bummed that maybe you know this might be the last traditional Rose Bowl in the sense that it is either a semifinal game. Moving forward, it'll be a quarterfinal game. But the, there is nothing like the pomp and the pageantry around that game. And we got a fantastic one. Um, and I, and I do think, uh, we did get the best four teams and I, and I know Florida state didn't put out their you know, best team, but listen, at the end of the day, you have, I mean, have a little pride, uh, you know, they were in a position if they had maybe beaten Georgia, you know, they could have like argued for a, a share of something, my goodness, 63 to three, you're, you're not doing a whole lot at that point. Uh, Brandon, I want to start with you, uh, thoughts on the Rose Bowl, thoughts on the Sugar Bowl. Again, we have our college football playoff. National championship set up uh, on Monday in Houston. It'll be Michigan and Washington. Your thoughts on, I guess, the, the uh, two games that we saw, but but also your thoughts on the championship game. Yeah, I think, you know, the first thing is, um, you know, Washington somehow wins all these close games, right? I'll start with that game. Um, they're a good football team. They've got grit. They've got moxie, and they got the best quarterback in college football right now. So, you know, wide receivers, two NFL wide receivers. I think it's going to be very hard for Michigan to um, stop them. Uh, I know they have a way better defense in Washington. But this the game's going to be on J.J. McCarthy. I mean, we know Corum's going to run wild against Washington, okay? Like, Washington's defense is kind of chump change compared to Michigan. It's about can J.J. McCarthy take care of the football and can he actually do something? Because when he's asked to do something, I haven't seen much in his career. No offense. I mean, he did something against Bama. Like, great. Like, he made a couple passes, one that should have been intercepted, and, and, you know, one in the previous. Like, I just can't – I still can't trust that guy to go, you know, 
for four quarters against a team, you know, as good as Michigan. Maybe they're not as good as Michigan and go win them a football game. Maybe he does, and I hope he can because I think, you know, I like Harbaugh. I don't mind Michigan winning. I'm not as anti-Michigan as most of the country is with the signs. I think they're the best team. and They were the best team in college football all year. I don't think the signs stealing did anything. They would have been the best team regardless. So, I mean, they didn't have to do that. It was stupid to begin with. But just going back to those games, Arash, um, I think Alabama was the right team to be in there. Them or Georgia. I did not think FSU. I mean, I made the argument like Pac-12 was the best conference. We saw USC, you know, Polak's uh, uh, Louisville finished second in the ACC, right? And then Florida State, yeah, 27 guys gone. Yeah, Georgia had 22 gone in that game. I know they still had Carson Beck playing and a couple of great players in that game, more than Florida State. I guarantee you, if Florida State, uh, it didn't matter if Travis was playing, they'd have a chance against anybody. And they would have been in the college football playoff if Travis was there. Without Travis, they are not even a top 20 team, in my opinion. Like, I don't even think they're top 20, even with Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman. So I think they should have been given liberty. I know there's bull ties at Rosh, and that's why they had to put Oregon, the Fiesta Bulls, on the West yeah. Coast closer, right? And they gave them liberty. I thought that was disrespectful to the best conference in football this year, Pac-12. It'd be great if the Pac-12 goes out on top. I'm rooting for Washington. Also, they're 5-0 and against the spread um, and 5-0 and straight up when they're underdogs this season. So yeah. that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, Jacob, I want to get your your thoughts on the matchup, but also uh, the game that we're going to see in Houston. Yeah, I mean, two great games yesterday. I know the the Washington Texas game got a little close at the end due to some poor clock management and a and a you know untimely injury that stopped the clock and, and handed Texas another thirty five uh, thirty five seconds and then another fifteen yards on the on the punt with the penalty there. So I mean that game that game was was exciting down the stretch, but I we probably shouldn't have gotten to that point. <laughs> um, but I mean Michigan Washington feels like a breath of fresh air for for a national championship game. You know, no Bama, no Clemson, no Georgia. Um, someone throw something out there that I'm probably missing. Who's always in the mix? But it's those are the three, though. I mean, you got to be honest. Like, I mean, one of those three, you'd have to go back. I mean, they've either it's Alabama, Georgia, or Alabama, Clemson, or like it's it's, it's just it's, some combination of those three, and yeah. then like Ohio State finds its way into the mix every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Um, but Big Ten and the Pac-12, like, would be great for the Pac-12 to go out on top. Yeah. Um, that would be poetic. You know, how can how, are, how can you not be romantic about sports? Like, <laughs> the, the ultimate moment there. Um, but this is, I mean, you have the best passing offense in the country in Washington against the number one defense in the country, um, number one passing defense in the country in Michigan. But Brandon's right. Like, this game is all going to be about what J.J. McCarthy can do as a passer. Because Blake Corum, I mean, we've seen Michigan completely abandon the pass game altogether and just like let Blake Corm run the ball. I mean, on essentially every play and, you know, mix Donovan Edwards in there every once in a while. And they could totally do that in this game. Like if they think that's their best path to a national championship, there is no doubt in my mind, they will run the ball consistently and let JJ, you know, throw a screen here and there once in a while, whatever. If Washington is able to force JJ McCarthy to be a passer, that they're They got a real shot in this game. Washington is not, I know there've been, People comparing, you know, Washington's this year's TCU. Like, no, this Washington team is, be- I mean, beautifully built. They have the number one offensive line in the country. Pendix is going to have time to throw the football. It's going to be about. I have no doubt that that, that Washington's going to score points. I know Michigan uh, has the best defense in the country. I said that number one in passing defense, number one in total defense. But good offenses. I mean, these receivers. 
are going to find a way to get open. You're not going to shut this offense down entirely. It's going to be about what, what Michigan can do in the passing game. I, I love this matchup. Um, I think, you know, I, I was, I was, I didn't think either of these teams was going to win yesterday. If I'm being honest with you, I thought Bama, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen in the Bama Michigan game. I tweeted before the game that either team could win that game by 21 points and I wouldn't have been surprised because I really, like if, if Saban wins a playoff game by 21 points, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And if Michigan, who's been the best team all year, won that game by, by three touchdowns, I would have said the same thing. Um, but I, I mean, just being where we are, I love seeing Washington in the, in the final. Um, I mean, I grew up a Pac-12 guy, and this is, you know, the first since, what, 2015 when Oregon was there. So so I – that combined with the fact that I go to Wisconsin and I'm not a big fan of the maze and, and Navy, I'll, I'll take Washington in the national championship. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just kind of refreshing to not see an SEC team in there. I know there's a lot of fans that, that love the SEC, and they produce great football programs, but it's really good to see the the Big Ten and the Pac-12, especially in the last year of the Pac-12, like Jake said. I'm not going to reiterate anything that these guys said, because I fully agree. It feels like every time we come on here, we all agree with each other. <laughs> but one thing that I do want to mention is... There's a lot of talk about Penix being a early second rounder, a late first rounder. And I see it just because, uh, you know, you're going to go to a contender probably or a better team later in the first round. And that's probably what sets him up better for success. I guess that's what people say. I disagree with the fact that he should be that late, though. And I don't know if th- this run, I guess you could say, that he's making in his final year in college will change that because it seems like he's getting better and better. I mean, he made a bunch of big-time throws in that last game, and I'm, I'm assuming he's going to make the same type of big throws in this game as well. That's just kind of what the offense has been for Washington I really would like to see him move up in mock drafts or around media because I feel like everyone is still talking about him. They're talking about him as if he's a excellent quarterback, but then when you look at the mock drafts by the same networks or the same people, they're early second, late first, and I just feel like with him playing as good as he's been all year, I feel like he should get a little bit more notoriety. So I was just going to ask everyone like why that is, or, or maybe Brandon can, can answer that one. <laughs> I was just because I'm, I'm about to start, you know, my whole NFL draft series since fantasy football is over on TikTok soon. And I have Penix ranked as the second best quarterback in this draft. I haven't seen enough consistency from Drake May. Maybe that's stupid on my part, considering Penix is 24 and May's 22, you know, Williams is 21, whatever. But uh, his passing is, is special. I mean, accurate, deep, deep ball thrower, like rocket arm can move at least a little bit. And it's not, he's not a, he's like, uh, he's a pocket passer and he's an excellent one at that. Yes, you could say, oh, he has two NFL receivers. Okay, congratulations. If you're, you look at the best quarterbacks in the NFL, what do they have? Good coach, good offensive line, usually, and good receivers, good playmakers. Justin Fields was on the Rams. He'd be a two time Pro Bowler already. Okay, like that's just the fact. Like you, you put him in a McVay or Shanahan offense. It's just like when people go to the Jets, they're ruined. When people go to the Bears, a lot of times they're ruined. That's just kind of how it goes. But when I'm looking at prospects, I feel like guys are starting to succeed that are more NFL ready. Look at Joe Burrow, 23 when he entered the league. Okay. Like Brock Purdy, late round pick, but 23, tons of college experience. And that's kind of why, and you look at the failures of the last few years, you know, a Malik Willis, maybe it's unfair considering he's still young, but guys like that, um, you know, guys that don't have much experience, Trey Lance, the guy, you know, I didn't want to bring it up, but I was wrong <laughs> on him. Uh, you know, like, Ray Lance didn't have experience in college. Look what happened. And that concerns me about a lot of other guys in this draft. 
Um, you know, but again, I think Knicks, I think Penix can be good college quarterbacks despite their age. And I hated Bo Nix as an NFL prospect before this past year. And he proved a lot to me. Um, and I think Penix, you know, kind of, I always was high on Penix, but I think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. And I think it's really a lot of scouts are going to lose their jobs uh, in GMs if they pass on him um, in this draft, I feel like. It's my favorite fun fact about Lamar Jackson that he's still 26 years old. I know that's going to change this month, but like yeah. the fact that he's 26 years old. Two MVPs. Yeah. Uh, and Jake, to your point, this is the first time since uh, January 2015. No Georgia, no Alabama, no Clemson. All one of those three, and sometimes obviously two of those three have been in the, that game. Again, the first college football playoff national championship game we got Ohio State, Dan, Dorigan, Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup. So now we get that once again. And again, as a lot of people have talked about, you know, you're, you're having a kind of convergence of the Pac-12 and the Big Ten next year with USC, UCLA, and Oregon, and Washington going to the Pac-12. And it's one of the reasons that I think, I think most of us, I think all four of us, perhaps want Washington to win. I mean, what an amazing uh, kind of finished to their run as this amazing conference of champions, but also just a real telltale sign of how just what an absolute uh, colossal failure it is that they couldn't find a way to save this conference. When you look at the way Colorado, again, just from a TV viewership standpoint, you know, the fact you have Colorado, you have Washington could win the championship. You have Oregon, um, and listen, the reason USC left and they brought UCLA is that it was an incompetent commissioner and an incompetent conference for quite some time. And I cannot wait for us not to have to find a way to watch the Pac-12 network. Uh, obviously, <laughs> that's, that, that's very hard to do. Um, wanted to talk about, again, this is, we're going into the last week of the National Football League, uh, the Rams and the 49ers playing in a game that um, we were kind of looking forward to at the beginning of the season. And now I, I, I know San Francisco is excited that it's not a game that they have to play for because, again, despite the fact that the, um, that the Rams have not had much success against the 49ers, that was not a game that they wanted to be a must-win game for them. They, they won the division. They got home field. They got the number one seed. So, uh, Brandon, I mean, do we, would you expect them to sit the majority of their guys? I mean, who – would you expect to see them play? And um, Grant and Jake, tell me on the Rams here. Again, I, I think, again, we know that there's three teams that they, they, they could potentially play as the Cowboys. Detroit, again, I think everyone's kind of pulling for that D- D- Detroit game in terms of the uh, TV folks. Uh, or Philadelphia. I doubt they play Philadelphia. I think the only way that can happen is if the Cowboys lose to Washington. That's not uh, happening. Yeah, but Brandon, you first. I mean, what, I mean, are they just going to bench? I mean, are they going to sit the majority of the guys? Because now, at that point, you're kind of looking at their key guys having two weeks off, and I don't know if that's yeah not, not ideal. Yeah, it's a it's a, you know it's a tough concept. We saw Brandon Staley last year play Mike Williams. Um, you know, we've seen it a lot of times. Guys get hurt uh, even if they play a half. I think the 49ers also don't want to be rusty. Um, not like it matters. I mean, the first game of the year, they just pull Pittsburgh with a ton of rest. So, and none of those guys played in the preseason really at all. So 
I think with the Kyle Shanahan system, I think there, you know, the rust is, yeah, we've seen it a few times in Philadelphia. We might see it if, you know, I, I think always the first quarter is a struggle for um, one seeds uh, of the first playoff game. And I think then they start to get rolling. I don't think that's going to change whether FF plays a bunch of guys or not. But Debo Samuel says they're going to play a half, at least him, Ayuk, Purdy, um, maybe Trent. I doubt, you know, I just, I wouldn't play Trent Williams at this point, you know, considering his age and, you know, the injuries he sustained this year. McCaffrey's obviously been ruled out with the calf strain. So they got really lucky that they got that one seed, didn't have to go must win. Not saying, you know, Mitchell couldn't have carried the load because he's an excellent. People forget what he did his rookie year when the Niners went to the NFC championship. Like he's a great running back. I still think this will be a competitive game, though, because you look at it and uh, even if it's a half, let's say it's tied at the half, you know, it's they go toe to toe. It's like 17, 17, two of the best teams in the NFC, whatever. Sam Darnold is good in Kyle Shanahan's system. We saw that against the Ravens. I mean, that defense, I know, like you could say what you want, garbage time. Like he kind of tore that defense apart until that last possession. Uh, he's a good arm. It's not like they, it's a scheme thing, right? Like Kyle's a great, Kyle knows how to beat McVay a lot of the time. Now he lost the one game he really could have won. And I'm sure he would have traded all the other wins for that game. Um, but again, at the end of the day, like I don't think if it's Sam Darnold and a bunch of backups, like it's an easy win for the Rams, you know, like I think to beat him, to beat the Niners in the regular season for them, it's hard. It's McVay's biggest thing and I do think the Rams will win but I think it'll be close like I don't think it's going to be like a 10 point win I think it's Rams by three I was surprised the Niners were favored by the way yeah I saw the odds on that and I just feel like the Rams kind of need it more they'd rather play Detroit for sure yeah, yeah I, uh, any all the moves that have been made in the past day or two have pointed towards the Rams maybe playing the starters for a half and then sitting them for the second half because they just signed uh, Dresser Win off of the practice squad, who's a quarterback. So you also also need a backup for the backup. So I'm assuming that's when Carson Wentz gets put into the game. Um, they also signed another wide receiver, um, Tyler Johnson, from the practice squad. So maybe they'll sit Cooper Cup only. or may- Look, Puka Nakua is only 29 yards away from setting a rookie yeah. record. So I'm assuming they're going to try to want to have him get that. But after that, it's, it's kind of a toss-up. I, you know, Sean McVay mentioned that he he's focusing on the wild card round. He's not really focusing on this next game. He wants that to be the focal point. Um, but you know, all the signs point to both of these teams having a second-half backup fest, I guess you could say. So, look, like Brandon said, it's not going to be easy regardless. I know the Rams would probably want the sixth seed. Seven seeds, I, I think, have never won a playoff game. Maybe they've won one playoff game, I think. Um, and I think it was the Packers or somebody like that. Um, and the six seeds have pretty good success in the playoffs. So um, I, I'm sure the Rams would rather play Detroit with their secondary. Um, they have a good run defense, but I think that you know Matthew Stafford being motivated back in Detroit would just be a better matchup. Uh, McVay knows Goff, how he plays, how he wants to get pressured. Um, Dallas already beat up on the Rams earlier in the season at their at their place, and the Cowboys are a great home team. So for the Rams, I think they still want to win, but they don't want to win that bad because all the the signs are pointing to them resting their starters for three quarters, a half. I don't know what it may be the whole game. I'm not really sure. So uh, it will be close, but I think it will be a backup fest at, at some point. It would be Carson Wentz against Sam Darnold. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to veer from, from that thought a little bit. I think the Rams need to do everything they can to win this game. I think being the six opposed to being the seven is massive. 
Um, whether it's Dallas or Philly, I don't think being, as I said on the show, I don't think being a road team in any sport in any Philly stadium at any time is a good thing. Um, and you don't want to play Dallas at home, um, as long as you can avoid it. So I think, especially considering that San Francisco has nothing to play for, um, I really think that they need to take full advantage of that and go out there and try and win this game. If that means playing your starters into the third quarter, play your starters into the third quarter. I don't think, I think this should be a very fluid, game script. I don't think they should go in there being like, hey, you guys are going to play two quarters, and regardless of what the scoreboard looks like at halftime, you know, starters, you're done. Um, I think if the game's close, if there's an opportunity for them, I mean, if if they're blown, if they're getting blown out of the game, which I don't expect to happen at half, or they're up huge, which depending on the way Shanahan manages the game, if the backups are in, they could be up 10, you know, two touchdowns at half. If everything goes perfectly, then, you know, pull these guys off the field, don't risk any injury. If your backups go out there and you blow a 14-point lead, you're still in the playoffs, whatever. Um, but I really think they need to take full full opportunity to go ahead and win this game. They can still be the sixth seed even with the loss if the Packers lose to the Bears, but that game's, fall, that game's at, I think, 425 Eastern, so it's the 1 o'clock game here, so that's after the Rams game. Or is it the same time? No, it's got to be at the same time. But they won't, regardless, yeah. they won't know, they won't know the result of the game going into it. They can kind of keep up with that game as well. If the Bears are up big on the Packers, you know, play things that way. But I think, you know, winning that game and going into Detroit opposed to going into Dallas or Philly um, is huge. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you can avoid, and again, I've talked to Grant about this before. I mean, I was at that Cowboys game where they played the Rams. I thought it would be a fantastic game. And again, things change. Again, this is not the same Rams team, but they I, Cowboys absolutely destroyed them. And you guys are right. And again, I, there's there's no one more pessimistic about the Cowboys in the playoffs than me. I talked to Brandon about this last year. I uh, took my fiance to to Santa Clara, and I said, hey, babe, we're just going to go have a good time because I have no expectation the Cowboys are going to go in there and win. They did not. So I, I, I'm in very pessimistic. Well, this is a very good home team. And again, I'll admit, they can get home cooking with the officials after that Detroit game. So listen, you do not want to play the Cowboys at home right now. That is not uh, something, again, if they can avoid that, I agree with Jake. Again, um, if it's a one possession late game late, uh, you would much rather go to Detroit. We have a lot more to unpack uh, with the National Football League, but also the NBA. Two teams are going in opposite direction here in Los Angeles. We'll talk about that and more when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas in the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Uh, just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310 400 
All right, let's head back out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Full crew here today, also joined by producer Jihei Wiley. We got Brandon Deutsch, Grant Mona, and Jake Dicker from the Sporting Tribune. All right, guys, I saved this topic because I think this will take up the entire second segment because I'm so fascinated by this. And I think the problem is I am a glasses half full guy, and I always think of the positive, and I push back on this narrative last year. But I don't know how much longer I um, can do this. I might be the last person on this boat, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. Darvin Ham. I would tell you to Google or Twitter search the name Darvin Ham, uh, and I will let you uh, have your own fun with what comes up after that. Um, I'm not even going to broach what comes up after it, actually. It's, it's, um, <laughs> so. Okay, listen, I'm going to start with Brandon because he's done an amazing job um, covering the Lakers. Um, by the way, shout out to our man, Ray Moraldi. Um, just uh, we're thinking about you, brother, and uh, he will be joining us uh, at some point again this season. But um, his mom passed away, and he's just done such an amazing job. He's such a great teammate, and I caught up with him yesterday. But, um, Brandon, I want to start with you here because, again – there was some a – lo, a lot of fans had a problem with Darvin Ham a year ago. Then the trade deadline happens. The season gets turned around. They go on to the conference finals. And I thought, like, that had been put to rest. And, again, not – I don't want to hype up the in-season tournament as something more than it is, but did they win that? Since then, as you touched on in your latest story in the Sporting Tribune, they dropped to 500. I mean, this is a 17-17 and 17 team. They're currently the 10 seed – um, I don't know what the future holds for him. I, again, my feeling was they were never going to fire him during his first season. I think year two, if this continues and if they're below 500, uh, uh, th- that things could change. Your thoughts on what's happening and what is the issue with him? Yeah, uh, first off, I don't think they're going to fire him during this season. It'd be after. Uh, I think if, you know, if they come up short, if they make the Western Conference finals again, uh, I think, you know, his job might be safe. But at this point, it, it's hard to believe that they'll even be, make it past the play in. Uh, Arash, we've had this conversation for the longest time and it's, this Lakers team this year, they started out so well, right? Like they were on that run, that IST, all the momentum. And they just needed to keep winning. And they could have avoided the play-in and not played playoff basketball in, in February and March, in April, May. And that's when they got exhausted. And it kind of ran its toll when they played the Nuggets, right? Because they were so tired. LeBron is 39. You know, there's no – even though he doesn't look 39, it, you know, when you play playoff games for about four months straight, it's going to catch up to you. Um, and I think the fact of the matter is Ham doesn't have a grip on his rotations. He doesn't play, you know, one of his best players, Rui Hachimura, enough. I know he got hurt the other night, but Rui's one of their best offensive guys. And this team ranks 24th in the league in offensive rating. Um, they're a terrible free throw, free throw shooting team. They're a terrible three point shooting team. One of the worst in the league as well. Uh, if they didn't have Torian Prince, they might have been, they might be ranked 30th in the league in three point shooting. You know, hats off to him. I think we need to make a movie about Torian Prince because somehow he's the only person in the history of Lakers, the Lakers franchise of the past, not the history, the last 20 years that was signed. And in his first year was able to shoot. 
like first in history. I mean, I hate to say it. It's just, a, I hate to say it, but 40% from three. I love the guy. He's got grit. He's got moxie. Sure, he gets beat by Kevin Durant and elite players on defense. Okay. But if they didn't have him, they wouldn't even be 17 and 17. And it gets to the point where like, what Vanderbilt could knit water if he fell out of a boat right now. I know he can play good defense, but what was that guy doing with Chris Jen in the offseason? It hasn't looked like anything. He hasn't improved his shooting one bit. Maybe he's still getting back into it. Gabe Vincent's Kendrick Nunn 2.0. Why do we keep signing Miami Heat players? You know, they turn into, they just get one injury. They're out the whole year. Um, and I just, right now it's like Cam Reddish. Yeah. Good defender, but like, he's not shooting threes, not hitting them. And with LeBron and Davis, it is a catastrophe. The run Davis is on that. They are 17 and 17. He's been healthy in your 17 and 17. This hasn't happened with the Lakers tenure, right? Like he is healthy and you're still losing games. There is no excuse for him to average 32 points per game, 13 rebounds in 2.5 blocks plus steals, playing elite defense and scoring at will, and you to be 3-8 and eight during a span against any NBA team. I don't care if you play the Celtics 10 times. Okay, like you should win five of those games at least, in my opinion. And right now, unless they trade D'Angelo Russell, this season is finished. They need upgrades at shooting. They need upgrades with defense. They need guys who can stay at the, on the floor. And I think it starts to answer your question, uh, Arash, with Ham. Like he needs to play – he hasn't played the one lineup that won him a lot of games last year. Now I don't like D'Angelo Russell right now, but maybe if he they try out that lineup, maybe it works, and then you can bench him and have the second unit come in. So I don't know. Maybe that's the first step, Barash. Um, again, also last thing I'll add, I know I've been talking for a long time. They played way more back to backs this year than last year, okay. and that's that that has screwed them a lot. Like that New Orleans game, once they lost that game the way they did against Minnesota. You could have not, you could, they shouldn't have even showed up. They were going to lose that game for sure the next day. So those are my thoughts there. Yeah. Grant, before you chime in, I, I, I just wanted to, um, see if you could make any comparisons or and if there's none, just, just tell me. But, you know, that, this relationship with the fan base and the coach, I, I remember it being the case last year with Ty Lu, uh, where they called him some of the same names and I don't want to repeat it, but it was just like, it was just like, why are you not playing these guys? Like the the players are there. It's not. It's not that you don't have the talent. What are you doing with your with your scheme with your rotations? Uh, and if that's the case, I guess my my question is: I mean, if if you think you have the talent, and the issue is the rotations and the schemes and things like that, I mean, don't you have to change the coach? But but do you see like any correlations here? with what Darwin's going through this season and what Ty dealt with. I absolutely do. It's almost, and that's an amazing comparison by you because it's almost the exact same thing where the Clippers last year, all the talk was about their depth. Oh, they have so much depth. Wow. Look at their depth. That's going to carry them in the playoffs with the Lakers and the preseason and the training camp. It was, Oh my God, look at the depth that they surrounded LeBron and AD with this year. Look at the, the signings they made. That can be an issue. I've mentioned this on shows in the past is that the reason Ty Lue had such a struggle and he struggled to find the right rotations all year is because there are too many players to, to choose from. And I understand that there's no excuse. There really is no excuse for not playing the, the right players, but it took Ty Lue two trades, one to get Mason Plumley and one to get Russell Westbrook and trade away Reggie Jackson and Gerda Luke Kennard to kind of sort things out a little bit going into the playoffs. 
And the same thing this year with the Clippers. They traded away good depth, that's Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, and Nico Batum, for one player. So they got rid of a lot of the depth and brought in a a solid star-type player, which is something that the Lakers will probably look to do, maybe a two-for-one deal, a three-for-one deal, just to kind of trim it around the edges so that you have a more clear line of what the rotations are. That was basically the downfall of the Clippers last year is that some guys didn't get playing time that should have. And there's so many things in flux with health and guys in and out of the lineup that yes, it, it there's no excuses on the coach's part, but I see the exact same thing with Darvin Ham is that you have Christian Wood as the 10th, 11th guy off the bench. You have, you know, Jackson Hayes, who's very athletic in a, in a rim runner, not playing as many minutes. Reeves is playing less minutes than D'Angelo Russell. I just think that I'm, I personally am going to give him a little bit more time, probably until after the trading deadline, because I'd like to see what type of moves they make. I don't think they're going to make a huge move, but I do see so many similarities that will probably be ironed out a little bit. Some can't be worked on, which, which Jake will probably get to right now. <laughs> well, Jake, you don't um, love this team. As the, as the, as but do you, do you think Ham is the problem? Um, I don't know if he's the sole problem, but I, he's not helping. <laughs> um, I mean, you're getting, you're getting probably your best year on track to be Anthony Davis's best year in a Laker uniform. I know the 2020 season was unbelievable, but that, with everything that happened in that season, I kind of throw that out the window when it comes to, you know, evaluating complete seasons. Um, LeBron's giving you 25 and a half, seven, or like seven and a half, seven and a half, which are pretty, it was essentially on pace with his career numbers and at age 39. Like you're not going to get more out of those two guys. So currently the way the roster's constructed, where do you pull from? And I don't know what the answer is. I, I don't. Um, I don't want to say, you know, keep repeating things I've been saying on this show for the last two weeks about the way I feel. Um, but I mean, Brandon's talking about Ham's job being safe. They get back to the Western Conference finals. I mean, they have to make the playoffs first. Like this is, we're headed in the wrong direction and it's happening fast and it's, it's not, it's not looking good at all. G8. So nobody yeah. said just, yeah, just quick question for everybody. So nobody sees an upside. In, the, in this season, no, like, I'm not the trying to, a lot of negativity. It's January. It's January, and we have a banner for this season. That's my silver line. <laughs> I mean, when you have LeBron, when you have LeBron and Davis, like you can never count them out. But it's going to get substantially harder um, if they don't start winning games and making moves. I don't think Palenka can wait to the trade deadline like he did last year. He needs to do something now. You what know, does a trade? Yeah. What does a trade package look like? Like yeah, I, don't, Russell, Russell, I don't Russell, I don't Russell know for what, Brogdon, like Grant's. Yeah, but that's saying. but that's a one for one. Like I said, you need to trim some of these the, the depth at the end of the bench for a, a more solid player. Yeah, but Reddish is a Christy? great defender for wings. Okay, Christie. So, so this this is the, yeah, this is the predicament that they're in, which is what the Clippers were in. Do, do we get rid of Luke Kennard? Do we get rid of this guy? So they brought in Eric Gordon and they brought in Russell Westbrook to kind of I guess shore up the rotations. I don't know if the Lakers try to do a two for one or three for one, but I think that's what they should do. And I think the Lakers need another guy. Go ahead, Jay. Oh, uh, just to piggyback off of what Grant's saying is that like, I just, I think like, yeah, that's fine. You can say, Hey, you know, take Christy, take X, Y, and Z player, whatever. Who are you getting in exchange for those guys? Who's going to be willing to give you, you know, the equivalent of those, of those people. You know what I mean? So like that, there's the conundrum right there. That, that was exactly it. where I was going. I, I think this team needs another guy who can somewhat create for himself. You can trust with the ball in his hands. And I don't, I mean, at a certain point, no one wants 
no one's just going to be willing to take our, like, if we're trying to get rid of our trash, no one wants to take our trash, you know? Yeah, like, I, I think there, I don't there's think an- for the player that they need to make the jump they need to make, I don't think the assets are necessarily there. 100%, Jake, but I do think there's a three-team deal they can make where they could acquire Brogdon and Bogdanovich by including, like, you know, they salary with Russell, first-round pick, first pick, and then also they could trade Hood Shafino and Christie to the Pistons because they need young guys. Like, I'm I'm kind you know. of at the point where I don't know how willing this team should be to, to be shelling out draft picks. It's at a certain point, this team is going to have to get younger, and it's going to have to happen through the draft. LeBron's 39. Like, once, once if you take LeBron off this team, I mean, this team is, there. there is nothing there. So th- I, I think this you, needs to hold on to as much draft capital as possible. Have you seen the Lakers? They're a wing now. Blank those picks later. Kind of a franchise. Like, what, what are we talking about here? It's all about the present. It's all about the now, isn't it? For the well, Lakers, it's never been know, about the, the, the present. Isn't too bright, G. <laughs> but here's I'm not why, saying that it is. No, but here's why they they will do what Jake does not want them to do. When you have AD and LeBron playing like this, I think the thought is whether it's right or, or wrong. We don't have this for very long. We have two of the top ten players in the league playing well and again when one or both uh, leave or are not there like we're, we're not in contention they saw what you get in the playoffs in in the playoffs if you have lebron and davis playing like they should be like two of the top 10 players in the league you have a chance you can go on a run uh so that's why they they will do that and again i i don't mind that theory i don't mind that mindset just because I've seen what it can do in the postseason. And I know with the Lakers, it's all about championship or bust. But if you get to the conference finals, if you're one of the final four teams, you at least put yourself in position to win. But, man, the the, the problem here, and I agree with you guys, they cannot wait until the trade deadline. That being said, I mean, I, I have this false sense of hope after what happened last season. I mean, at this point, not even at this point, beginning of March last season, they were the 13th seed. They were done. And again, the trades that they made were like, like, let's just unload Russell Westbrook, three-team trade, let's just move guys. Uh, and again, those guys came together. I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked that, 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 that they had this sort of cohesive unit that came together and they blended and they had this offseason, this training camp and this preseason and these, you know, first 20 games of the season, they win the in-season tournament. Again, what the heck does that mean? But, you know, you, you thought that this, this this team was going in the right direction, and you guys are 100% right. They are not. I have to push back on what Brandon's saying, and I do think he's right. But if if you believe you have the pieces in place, and, and, and if Rob Lincoln thinks that he can make the proper changes, and you don't like – the scheme, and you don't like what certain things are happening. And I read one report, and I, I don't know if this is true. This is this would be shocking to me that Ham and Dustin Reeves are not getting along. I'm like, yeah, what? I saw that. Yeah, one of the most agreeable not guys. Go I don't, Reeves. I don't yeah. believe that. I don't believe yeah. that. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, but at some point, if there is a coaching change, I think that is basically Rob saying, "Listen, I like the team that I put together. I believe the team that I put together can win." Whether that's putting Phil Handy as the head coach, and again, it, it will be someone within that staff. I, I don't see them going to someone new, clearly. But um, 
Man, I mean, again, I've never seen the kind of pushback from a fan base that I have this season. Um, but then I think it's really going to come down to what, what, what changes can they make? What changes can they, can they do? Brandon, realistically, however, I like the piece. Of, like, like, I don't think this is trash. I think when you look at D'Angelo's contract, and you brought this up at the time, it's a very tradable contract. You're getting a very good player at a very good contract. And whether he took a hometown discount, uh, it doesn't matter because they, they might trade him. Like, the Lakers have good players at good contracts. They're not trying to trade a Russell Westbrook contract here, right? No, and I think that's part of the reason why you have to have some, some uh, you know, blame on hand. Is Russell hasn't gotten to the groove we thought he could get into, right? Like, he's a regular season player. We always knew that. He won one playoff game for the Lakers against the Warriors. Congrats to him. You know, Laker fans liked him then. Uh, he hasn't looked like himself this year. Part of that is Darvin Ham. He hasn't. I don't know how you don't roll out the Grant. We know what we call it, but I can't say it. That lineup that has the, the one of the highest plus minuses in the NBA last season. Uh, it just did. It was second to, I think, a Jokic type lineup. Like uh, you can correct, you can fact check me on that. But he, he they've played three minutes together. Russell, Reeves, Vanderbilt, LeBron, Davis. And I also think I don't think he's experimenting enough with the three bigs against teams that, you know, they can exploit with that because the year they won the championship, Barash, what did they have? Thighs and versatility defensively. And this team has that. I think defensively they're a top 10 team. So it, right now it's about how are we going to get better offensively? And for me, it's like, okay, Rui and Russell, you got to play them more and see how you can fit in the defense with those guys on the court. As much as I don't like Russell, it's one of the only offensive guys they have, right? So you got to play him. Grant, that lineup was a great lineup in the postseason, I think, even too, right? I mean, yeah. I mean how, how do you have those five guys on the team and you don't play them together? And look, I've been advocating for D'Angelo Russell being traded as well, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that lineup, that was the lineup they used in Game 6 against Memphis that got them to play the Warriors. And then in that whole Warriors series, it was D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron, Vando, and AD. And that lineup, if you look at it on paper, you get a little bit of shooting, you get a little bit of defense, you have length. So why not just try it? That's the thing, like... (laughs) I just don't understand how fans and people that look at it from an outside perspective see this lineup and the numbers and they go, okay, well, this might work. But then the internal and the coaching staff and the front office, they don't see that as well. That's something that I'll never get. But that lineup should work. I know that, you know, you'll probably upgrade from D'Angelo Russell at some point if you're the Lakers. But for now, at least he'll bring 15 off the bench or at least he'll put 15 in the, in the starting lineup. He'll knock down a corner three here and there. And you have Vando's defense to supplement it. So, I just think Brandon's right. They're not trying enough things. Like they tried a new starting lineup and it doesn't work. Okay, pivot, move on. I think that's the problem here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where you'll see perhaps reports uh, surface. And again, they have not yet. But if Rob at some point has to sit down with him and says, hey, like this lineup works or these players work. I mean, this is why I put this team together. And if there is a butting of the heads, and the Lakers, unlike the Clippers, are a very um, – they have leaks, right? So I think if if Ham has a closed-door meeting with Rob and there is a disagreement or Rob tries to basically say, hey, listen, if you don't play this lineup, you're, you're, you're gone, uh, watch for that during um, – again, not quite the second half of the season yet – 
But I'm in agreement with you guys to some extent. I think the players are there. I, I, I think we've seen the success that this team can potentially have. And what a waste, as you guys talked about, that, that Dady and LeBron are having the seasons that they're having, and this is a 500 team. I, I still cannot get it. So th- this will be definitely a, a topic of discussion as we go forward uh, this season. That is all the time that we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markhanas. We're saying stay safe stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.